Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're continuing our series on Hard Talks, Part 4, Friends. All right, well, welcome back, everybody. Brian, welcome back. Welcome back, listeners. How's how's everyone doing? How are you doing? I'm doing well. People can't respond. They can, by... Emailing us okay. at F4L. Like, at this is <laughs> Dora the Explorer. How are you doing today? And Hi, then friends. pause. <laughs> That's great. I, 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 I always like, whenever watching those shows with my kids, I always like to say like the res, the inappropriate yeah. response. Like, how are you doing? I'm doing terrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we hope you're not doing terrible. We hope everybody's doing well. That's right. And uh, we are excited to be here today. Yeah. Excited to continue our Hard Talks series. This is a... Uh, a great series. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. We hope you will uh, subscribe to the podcast, give us a review, share your feedback with us at F4L. That's the letter F, the number four, letter L at oakhillbc.org. So how have you enjoyed this series, Brian? Yeah, it's just been really good uh, to for me, again, to take some of the things that I've thought about or heard people talk about and to put some real categories on, real handles that I can take and, and apply specifically. And uh, I'm just thankful that I'm able to think about this stuff while my kids are little. And, and I hope that it's really helpful for people with kids of all ages, even, you know, teenagers and stuff. We really want to help parents wherever you're at and, uh, and to give you just just an encouragement, a way to to think through the things that, that we as parents have to do. And it is hard. It's hard being a parent, and that's why these talks can be hard. But, but we, we're not doing this because we want them to be hard. We want to be helpful and make them less difficult yeah. um, through this series. So I hope that's happening for everybody. Uh, you know, today we're going to be talking about friendship. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about several different topics. We've got uh, some really good ones coming after this one. And we've dealt with friendship a lot in our Finding Friendship series. And so you can go and listen to all of that. But today we're going to kind of recap some important information about friendship. But but we really want to help parents think through how to help their kids yeah, in the area of friendship. It's, it's geared more towards... Uh, what we're teaching and investing mm-hmm. in our children, yeah, but just, but this is a good opportunity for us to kind of you know rehash or refresh mm-hmm. some of that information because we did spend a considerable amount of time talking about friendship. So yeah, let's talk about why our conversations about friends. Why is it part of our hard talk series? Yeah, I I think it's so hard because you know people have a difficult time with friendship for themselves. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not experiencing this a whole lot yet because my kids are so young. But I think especially as kids get older, helping them navigate friendships is like helping somebody navigate a minefield without really knowing where the mines are. That's good. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, especially as they get older, uh, it's it becomes very difficult uh, in the area of friends and if your kids go to school and – just as they go out into the world, yeah. it's 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 kind of hard to figure out. So yeah, well, let's talk about what friendship is and some of the things that we need to consider uh, regarding this before we jump into how to help each different age range deal with it. So um, I've got this definition from the Encyclopedia Britannica, and it says that friendship, this is actually one of the better definitions of friendships that I found. You, you wouldn't think it'd be that hard, but it says that friendship is a state of enduring affection 
esteem, intimacy, and trust between two people. In all cultures, friendships are important relationships throughout a person's lifespan. That's good. And so a lot of other definitions were like, friendship is the state of being friends. And Okay, thanks. You can't use uh, the word to define the word. I know. What are I you hate, doing, guys? I hate when they do that. <laughs> so, no, it, it is. It hits on all the notes about it's, it's really about a relationship where you're building this trust and this, uh, this desire to uh, l- love one another and, yeah. and be around one another. It's, it's those kind of things. Yeah. 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 The, the, I noticed um, this idea of trust, you know, the affection, esteem, intimacy, but then trust is a huge thing for friendship. And, um, you know, we wanted to just think through some of the characteristics of friendship, you know, a little bit deeper into what friendship is. I looked up an article from psychology Mm -hmm. today Mm -hmm. and I don't normally like go to like secular psychology for things, but sometimes it can be helpful just to see kind of how the world thinks about stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, there's common grace. So they, they, you know, there is true knowledge in the world. Um, and so I found this cool article talking about these these traits of kind of being a good friend. And, and it's really like 13 essential traits to be a good friend. And they had these three categories. But one of them, the, the most important thing they talked about was the first category of integrity. And they said trustworthiness, being, being trustworthy, mm. is like the most important part of being a friend. And so... Would you agree with that? Like, do you think being trustworthy, having like having trustworthiness between people, why why would that be so vital to friendship? What do you think? Yeah, it's in this. Yeah, it's in that category of integrity, and really all of these things: trustworthiness, honest honesty, dependability, loyalty, ability to trust others. All that kind of comes together to um, really form one of the most crucial, important things about a friendship. I don't. I don't know that you can call it a friendship without having trust. Yeah. You know, I mean, you may have acquaintances or coworkers or people, but you, until you exercise trust in them and and vice versa, I don't know that you are moved into that friendship state. Yeah. I'm just thinking about like movies and, and, and uh, just other things that I've seen in the world where there is this relationship between people Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's like they're getting something from each other and they might be getting like everything that they want from each other. But when the confidence is broken, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much you can get from that person, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, words of affirmation or, or literal money or anything like that. It doesn't matter. The friendship's over mm-hmm. because you can't trust them. And yes. I, I just thought that was really interesting um, how important that is, you know, and so we have to be people of integrity so that we've already talked about that with mm-hmm. our character, um, episode. Yeah. You've got to be a good friend to have good friends. Yeah, exactly. Right? Is that how we say that? Yeah. So the caring. Next, yeah, yeah. The next category is caring. This is another really important thing. I don't, I don't think you can call yourself a friend of someone if you don't really care for them. Right. You know? Right. And it embodies empathy, uh, you know, it says non-judgmental. I think that means, in the sense of uh, accepting someone right. for who they are, mm-hmm. um, listening skills, supportive in good times and bad times. Yeah, and you know, th- this again is from Psychology Today. So there's going to be things in which we're going to, 
maybe critique a little bit on how to do things. One one thing I think is missing from all of this is there's no, you know, there's no like helping each other grow. There's no there's no aspect of you know sharpening one another in this uh, thing. But we'll we'll say something about that in a second. It, you know, it says this this category of congeniality, which I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and in that, there's these ideas being self confident, enjoyable, having a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's important to to be a kind of like a person who's not super uptight, somebody who can take a joke or laugh at their own mistakes was kind of some of the stuff the article was talking about. Um, have you ever been friends or been around somebody who uh, <laughs> who couldn't take a joke or was just so serious that you could never have fun with them? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. How, how, how does that affect friendships? What do you think? I mean, is it even possible to be friends with somebody who is incapable of? Yeah, well, I around? think I think you just have to learn that person's personality. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. You know, some people are will um, be really self-deprecating. Yeah, but it, but then if you if you pile on, they'll get really upset about that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. or there's things. I'm sure there's things that. Uh, I, I probably could push your buttons and joke about things that would really tick no. you off. Yes, and vice no. versa. <laughs> so I don't know. I think I think the main thing when we're thinking about this category is is desiring to be around someone and able to spend time with them because you're not going to be friends if you don't want to spend time together. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of time. Yeah, that's right. You know, and so I think that's the um, that's that's what this is kind of driving at. And we've talked about like proximity we've talked about being around the person yeah. being with them and i think you can't have that without this um this congeniality yeah. aspect yeah i think that's that's a good point and you know some of that is just you know like you said personalities and some people uh you might not think they have a sense of humor but somebody else might think that they're yeah. hilarious some people don't open up till you get close to them that's true too yeah yeah um, well, we've talked a lot about friendship ourselves, though, from our Finding Friendship series. So what what are some of the things that we discovered um, that were traits of of not just being a good friend, but like the friendship itself? Friendship people, itself. People just have to go back and listen to it. We're yeah, not, that's right. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> you don't get freebies? No, I'm just <laughs> no you had come up with, uh, you had put this series together and come up with five C's. Companionship, commonality, confidence, critique, and continuation. So... Think, talk about, um, is there is there one of those that's more important, or as you put them together, did they kind of build on one another? Yeah, yeah, this was uh, one of our uh, episodes on, like, the essence of friendship, right? And um, the thing that I really, you know, all of these things, some of the stuff you can see up... Sounds a, like a book, The Five C's the of five Friendship. The Five C's of Friendship. Oh, oh mate, patent pending. Um, <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> um that's that I think some of these things like companionship you can kind of see uh, when we were talking about the 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 13 traits of a good mm-hmm. friend mm-hmm. um commonality you see a little bit of that there but but not so much I think in friendship there there has to be things that you connect over mm-hmm. you know you, you just you're not going to be friends with somebody that you have zero connection with it's not that you are enemies you it just, doesn't mean you have to be exactly the same but there has to be right. some uh, some things that you that is 
brought you together. That's exactly right. And for Christians, we know that that's Christ, so mm-hmm. we can actually have commonality with, with right. all believers, but we're going to have a lot more commonality with some than others. Um, this this idea of confidence, that was that trustworthiness. Mm. I think that's vital in a friendship. Uh, this this That is super important. But critique, I, I think critique was the one that was missing, and I don't think mm. we see critique in the way people understand uh, friendships in the world. I think friendship is supposed to be all about, and, and even in the uh, Psychology Today article, the non-judgmental part. When I was reading that, it was very like, no, you basically have to accept them one hundred percent. There was no nothing there that I saw that was like um, had anything regarding helping the other person grow, um, and I think that that's a disservice to friends. You know, I, I don't want a yes man for a friend. You know, I want somebody, and I don't want somebody who's going to critique. We're not talking about somebody who's just constantly, like, you know, we, downing you. Yeah, that's we're not we're talking, talking about, about something that's toxic, but someone that builds you up and exactly. helps you to grow in the Lord. And part of that, we know from Scripture, is understanding that we're not going to do things perfectly, and we need other people to help us, to come around us and, and uh, you know, you know, help us to grow. Yeah, and to speak it out, you know, to, to be... Be comfortable. You know, good friends should be the ones that you can go to and say, "Hey, is it? Do you see? You know, you should be able to ask your friends, like, hey, what are some of my flaws? Right? What do you think I should do about that?' And they should be the ones to be able to tell you what those are, and then positively and encouragingly help you mm-hmm. do something about it. Yeah. Um. And so I think that's really important. Were, was there any of these five that you thought was, you know, st- stood out? especially that we needed to talk more about? No, I think they're all really, all of them are really important. I mean, those, that's that's the foundation of friendship right, right there. Right, And so I think that people need to understand these things. I mean, here's here's the reality, Brian, is we, we, we have friends. Uh, we understand friendship to some extent, but I don't know that people have really thought, thought it out like we have been examining right. it. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. And what it means to be friends, and what it means to be a Christian friends. Yeah, because there's a difference there, right? That's exactly right. So I think that's part of it's just kind of thinking these things out and um, thinking out what what this means, and this kind of leads us to what is the motivation behind friendship, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. There's there is a different motivation for Christians and for the world. Um, and for individuals, you know, we all have to look at our own specific motivations. Um, I, I really think, and in our friendship series, we, we dealt with this a lot. I really think there's a difference. And you actually helped point out that the world values, the world highly values friendship. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was, I had to think about that because I, I didn't really think that way before. But I think you're right. The world does highly value friendship. They just don't have a proper motivation for it. And the motivation, generally speaking, for the world is to be loved. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to have a friend so that I can be loved, you know? Um, do you agree with that? You think that's generally true mm-hmm. of the world? Yes. So what's the difference for a Christian, though? Yeah, I mean, if we look at the example of Christ, he was mainly concerned of how we would love others. Yeah. And I think for the Christian, that's what translates and and we are to uh, glorify God primarily, and then we are to love those around us. And 
if we put those on the front, there's little consideration for ourselves. Mm. And this does fly in the face of like, I don't, and I don't want people to think like you never care about yourself. You never try to love yourself because Jesus even said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. There's a, there's an implication that we do love and care for ourselves, but we're to love those around us. We're to love our friends as if, as we love ourselves. And I think, a lot of what the world is saying is saying, hey, love yourself, love yourself, yeah. and then give your friends the leftovers. The leftovers. Yeah. yeah. Man, there's this is I'm going to nerd out for a second. Um, I just think it's a really helpful uh, analogy. This Lord of the Rings. It is a Lord oh of the Rings. Oh, my gosh. It is. Yes. I knew yes. it. So the I hobbits, it. I have to, I have to, because it's a great, it's a great analogy. The hobbits. When they so so in the Lord of the Rings, uh, Bilbo has a birthday party, right? Well, one of the things you don't see in the movie that is true in the books is that the hobbits, when they have a birthday, they don't receive presents; they give presents. Mm-hmm. So when it's your birthday, you give everyone a present, and you're thinking like, "That's insane! Like, how am I supposed to give everyone a present? I'm not going to invite that many people to my birthday, you know." But if you think about it, they they would all invite each other to their birthdays. So every time you went to somebody's birthday, you, you received a present. Mm-hmm. So you end up receiving way more mm-hmm. than, than if you only got presents on your birthday. Mm-hmm. And it was a really, so Tolkien was just, I think that was a part of his, you know, way of explaining this idea that we're getting at is, is being somebody who gives. It's, it's so crazy how God invented reality. When you're somebody who gives and gives and gives, you find, you, you end up receiving Mm. more than if you were only about yourself all the time. That's good. So that's, that's the different motivation for a Christian. And, uh, we already talked about, you know, the fact that we influence each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's, you know, iron sharpening iron. Right. Uh, but, we want to talk about the expectations mm-hmm. of friendship. This is where parenting, um, helping our kids, helping ourselves, but helping our kids mm-hmm. think through friendship really starts to, you know, the rubber meets the road. There are expectations that we have to have about friendships because friendships don't always go the way we think they will, right? Would you agree with that? Yes. So what are some of the things that we need to start thinking through to have right expectations for friendships? Yeah, I think the... The uh, expectation that we're going to be friends with everyone is um, naive. Mm. You know, we will, we need to love everyone. Yeah. Love our neighbors. We need to um, have a, a general care and concern, especially for the church, those brothers and sisters in the church. Uh, but, but we're not going to be close friends with everyone. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, Romans 12, 18 uh, tells us we're supposed to be hospitable we're supposed to be loving towards others yeah it says it says if if at all possible you know be at peace with all men right and i think that you know sometimes i think if we just did that we would we would one recognize that yeah like you're not going to be best friends with everyone but but you're not going to have drama all the time right you can be loving and caring towards people even people that might uh get on your nerves yeah you know, even people that have a way different personality than you. And you're like, that person, just me and them are like oil and water. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's true. And you can still be friendly. You can still be loving towards them. I mean, mm-hmm. we're a perfect example of that. You know? <laughs> I can't stand you. Spell you spell your name wrong? I can't like... <laughs> stand you, and I'm friendly towards you. <laughs> no, but then also, what's, what's another expectation? Yeah, I think, you know, these can kind of all 
go together, but but we have to teach people, teach ourselves, teach our children um, to love the people that we are not friends with. So it's not just that you're not going to be close friends with somebody. It's that we are to love. Christ tells us in Matthew 5, uh, chapter 5, 43 to 45, that, that we can't just love our neighbors, mm-hmm. can't just love our friends. We have to love even our enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and he then talks about the fact that God, mm-hmm. our Father, loves his enemies. You know, God, you know he, he saved us even though while we were yet uh, sinners, Christ died mm-hmm. for us. Yeah, that, that, means, that means while we were enemies, Jesus loved us enough to, to die for us and make us his friends. Yeah. The idea of Christ, this always bugs me about modern Christianity because we we put limits on everything. Mm. I will forgive to this point. Yeah. I will love to this point. I will uh, serve someone to this point. And if you look at the example of Christ, there is there's no limit. I mean, the forgiveness is seventy times seven. Yeah. Uh, someone asks you to go one mile, you go two. You know, turn the other cheek, pray for your enemies. I mean, all of these verses. Christ is saying, go well beyond where you think you should go yeah. in, in the areas of love and in service and in, in these ways towards other people. And we, we just, I just don't think we get that. Do you, do you think we understand that? No, I, I think you're absolutely right. The, the level of friendship that God displays to humanity is amazing. Um, even even recently, I was teaching the students about Noah's, you know, Noah's Ark. And one of the things that we were trying to drive home was that, you know, when you read the text and you read what, what's going on, it almost is like God. I mean, even in the way that God puts restrictions on, on like, um, if somebody is a you know, murderer after the flood versus how God dealt with Cain, like before the flood, God basically let people do whatever they wanted to do. And I think that's the point, like... Like, God was so patient. God was, he was, I think God was less restrictive before the flood than than he was after the fact. Because part of the point is to show how much we need him, how much we will mess how stuff up. How rampant our sin becomes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We we are inventors of ways to sin against God. Yeah, and so so what I'm not trying to say is is that you should be friends to the point where people are are just able to do whatever they want to you. Because that's kind of the point that God's making is that that He even even God in His friendship, He He let He let He let a lot go, He let a lot go, yeah. way beyond what you would expect somebody to go in order to show His love. But even you know even God does have a point where He's like, okay, enough's enough, and and so I think there there is a limit, but that limit belongs to God, not right. to us, right. you know. And so we're not the judge of. And we're Man. very and we're very quick to set those limits and boundaries much sooner than they need to be set. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, God's God's got the limitations and in, in the, the boundaries set in His Word, and that's why we as Christians need to be biblical friends. No, that's good. There are some, and I would say there probably are some people that allow toxic friendships and friends right. to over over um, consume mm, them, yeah. and and you know <clears throat> the idea of a good godly friendship is, you know, your friend may sin against you or wrong you multiple times throughout right. the lifetime of your friendship, and then you're to forgive them. Yeah. But if if there's an ongoing, unrepentant, uh, abusive attitude, mm-hmm. that that needs to be 
dealt with. That yeah. needs that 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 friendship needs to be ended. So well, I'm glad you said that because there's a balance there, and I don't want us to say. I think we got to read the whole context of yeah, scripture, and yeah. I don't think there's. I don't think Jesus is saying just for us to be abused over right. and over and over again and just make ourselves a doormat, but we need to be quick to really run to the idea of extending ourselves past what we might feel comfortable doing. And, and I think that's a great, I'm, I'm glad you're making that point because, because there, you're right, there's extremes. And that's why we had this whole series on finding friendship is because there's, because it's such a, a, a big topic and the Bible, when you really read through the Bible and how to interact with people, there's so much to it. And um, and so we won't rehash all of that, obviously. Go go listen to that series. But I, I think w- even what we are just talking about leads us right into our next kind of talking about the different age groups. Yeah. Um, specifically talking to our young children, our, our babies through pre-K about friendships. Um, we got to talk about specific things and, and, you know, and it's different for each age range. So, so what do you think you want to start us off with these first category? I think how the young children, uh, teaching them how to interact with other people, you know, that's really important. Um, you know, it's, it's hard for them because little children are especially, uh, selfish, you know, yeah. and, and it's, it's just, it's a product of the fall. It's also a product of just them being a kid and like they, they have to have somebody do everything for them. Yeah. And it kind of can breed into them a little bit of like, okay, everybody should kind of be waiting on me all the time. And I think we have to kind of push back against that, but I think it can fall into or it can filter into the area of friendship where, it's like if, a, if if I don't have to share, if I don't yeah. like something that somebody does, I can react however I want to react. You know, if, uh, you know, I, I don't have to uh, be around people right. that I don't, that annoy me or whatever. Yeah. And I, I think it's really interesting to watch kids. You know, some kids are really uh, friendly and, and uh, some kids are just not. Um, they have a hard time interacting. And, and I know for like some of my kids one of the things I actually have to teach them to do is to say hi, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, we, we have friends come over or something, you know, or we're at a church, you know, event, like we have to make them say hi, um, because you, you do not. And this is, this is something that, it, you know, people might think that that's silly. Like, of course, when you're older, you'll, you'll do that. No, no. I talked to, there's been many times where I've interacted with, you know, students who are in high school and you're like, Hey, how's it going? And, and they might, say a word mm. like hey but but there have been times where i've had people literally not respond mm-hmm. and um and so so it's it's amazing how you have to teach these things of of just how do you react to somebody when somebody wants to shake your hand you you somebody i i, I was interacting with a, a really young toddler and their parents and and their parents um oh it was sunday morning and they said, reach out your hand, shake his hand. And he reached out with his left hand and grabbed my right hand and was shaking it. He didn't know how to do it. It was awesome. And so it was like, let's do this hand, you know. Th- simple things like that. Yeah. Literally just how to interact with well, somebody. I think, and I think parents don't, don't, get, um, don't get so worked up over this to where you're like punishing kids if they don't. Right, right, if right. If they don't say hi or whatever. It's, it's a process to walk through. And I try to, you know, now that I'm a, have been a children's minister for a while now, um, I will not, you know, I will not try to force kids to say hi to me, but I will attempt 
to interact with them and let them kind of open up as they yep. will. And, and however the parents want to treat that, you know, but, um, you know, I think there's a good balance there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So parents don't like freak out. Like my kid never says hi, you know, kind of keep working on it. Keep, mm-hmm. keep pushing. Hey, we do this because we're trying to be polite. You know, we're trying to right. be respectful. And, um, I think that's, that's, that's good. You know, I, th- I think the sharing is a big deal yeah. with these kids, uh, teaching them that it, it's okay to, uh, share. Cause even at, even at, um, past this age, yeah. even like, you know, I have a first grader and we still talk about sharing. That's, that's a hard thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's really important. Not hitting, mm-hmm. you know, like, like really just the very simple basic stuff that, that is not just a behavior thing. It's it's really about th- and and this all comes down to thinking about others. And you can talk to your kids, right. to your young kids. Like, why don't we hit? Well, because because we care about that person. Why do we share? Because we care about that person. It well, all comes down to the motive. And here's a good here's a good thing that we need to instill in our kids. This this helps with friendship and a lot of areas. Is it's okay to have feelings and emotions. That's yes. how God created us. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be. Uh, well, angry and not silly. Yeah. It's okay to be sad. You know, it's okay, it's great to be happy, but how we react out of that, you know, if somebody does something to you or aggravates you, you know, if, you, if you're a kid, mm-hmm. how you react to that is, is, is all what, what the problem is. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I want kids to understand it's okay to feel your emotions, but it's not okay to hit, hit your friend. Right. It's not okay to act out. It's not okay to talk back to your parents. I I think that's super good. Recognizing those emotions, putting names to those emotions, honestly, like, cause, cause I don't know if if our listeners, if you experience this with little kids where they feel things and they don't know what they're feeling, right? uh, you almost have to tell them what they're feeling. Yeah. And help them say, you know, Hey, I know you're feeling mad right now. Why don't you just go sit down? You're not in trouble. Why don't you just go sit down and just, just collect yourself Mm -hmm. And you can come back and, and play. Now, exactly. if they do hit or they do act out, you have to correct that. Correct that. Yeah. Um, one thing that's not in our notes, I do want to mention, see what you think, Brian. Um, I know. Yeah, this is crazy. Um, so I was thinking about this with, with this young group. Do you think it's important for us to not just teach them how to interact with people, but but to teach them who they shouldn't interact with? Yeah. And I think that's, that's helpful, too. Um, I know I didn't put I don't, I don't yeah. have notes on Help this. me understand what you're thinking about here because well, you know, okay, I, I don't so know what way you're going of, with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Um, so think of like I remember growing up like Stranger Danger. Oh, sure. That was yeah. a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how, do we, how do we include this like, okay, there are people you need to not just go be friends with. How do we do that without making them be like paranoid or something? Mm-hmm. Do, do you have any insight on that? I know I'm throwing you a curveball here. Um, that's good. I mean, and we are going to talk a little bit about this in our next episode that's true that's true so that will come up we have matt higgins on for our next episode and he brings this up yes we've already recorded it uh or or am i telling my future the future which we're also going to talk about no (laughs) Uh, so so yeah i definitely think that that we need to help our kids understand i mean you know when we're thinking about when i'm primarily thinking about this i'm thinking about being friends with people their own age, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm not thinking about a, a child being a friend with an older person. I mean, there's definitely acquaintances that they have. Um, and I think just monitoring their relationships and keeping them close and keeping them around trusted individuals, you know, like at our yeah. church, we have a screening process, background checks. And so when you put them in our children's ministry and they're being invested in by our teachers and leaders, 
they're um, those people are are vetted carefully. Yeah, so yeah. well, and I think I think one of the things that I, that I just want to help parents think through is um, help your kids understand the difference between um, your your friends and people you don't know. So like for me, like I want I want my children to see you and be like, hey, Pastor Brian, sure. and, and and want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to see somebody walking on the road, and I don't want them to be unfriendly, but I don't want them to go talk to them. Sure. And so I want to help them know the distinction between people who are my friends mm-hmm. versus people we do not know. Sure. And I think that's just an important distinction to help them know, mm-hmm. um, because we want to help them uh, include people, be be a friendly player with their with their friends on the playground and things like that that's good so, so well ready to move on to the next category i am are you let's talk about older children yes so this is your your yeah, think, ball field time. well things just get a little more complicated um you know kids have a tendency at this age to start like excluding mm-hmm. and excluding other kids and and globbing on to other kids you know like my son, for whatever reason, we play sports. He always has a new best friend, you know, yeah. on the team. Yeah. And that's okay. Like him, there was a boy on the basketball team, and they are, they are, they love being around each other. They, sh- they share similar interests. Yeah. They, they like talking to one another. They both just enjoy hanging out together. There were other kids on the team, and I just have to make sure to remind him, like, hey, we're, we're a team. We're playing together. We're play with all these kids. You may get some, some extra time to play with your other friend, but – you got to be nice to to everyone, you know. Yeah. Even the if there's a kid on the team that gets on your nerves, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to be nice to everyone. And so this is a hard thing because this is where kids start getting like best friends. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a little bit about that how how harmful the idea of best friends can be. Yeah, uh, the exclusion that that put putting that label on it, you mm-hmm. know, like we're best friends, right? You know, right. and broadcasting that, you know, it's one thing to, to feel that way um, and to recognize like, man, I'm really close with this person versus like we're best friends and I'm not best friends with you. Right. Person. I, exactly. Yeah. And that, mm-hmm. that's when you're kind of communicating something uh, negative, you know, uh, and that's why I, I like the idea of like close friends. I think that's good. Um but, well, and uh, that you can have, it's like kids think I have the one best friend. Right, right. And you can have lots of best friends. Right. You, or, or close friends. You know, yeah. maybe don't use the terminology best friend, but you can have lots of people you're close to. And there's other people you're not going to be close to, but you still have to be nice and caring and, mm-hmm. you know, and kind to them, well, you know. And I think in this, this idea of like excluding people and, and holding on to other people and making these uh, distinctions, I think there's kind of a spectrum of like this, this per, you know, and we see it with kids where they're like really controlling about their friendships versus almost like not caring at all about friendships yeah. and being, being totally um, unthinking about any of that stuff. And I think both of those can, can hurt mm-hmm. kids. I think, I think when you're controlling, you can be that person that's like, I'm best friends with this person and, and you can't be friends with anyone else. You know, it's like, Oh my goodness. And then the other side is, is the person who's like, I'm friends with everyone and I just don't care about anything. Mm-hmm. And you end up not thinking about other people right? and you can end up inadvertently gotta find the balance there yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so what is that balance like what what's the difference between controlling people and just not even caring and kind of yeah i I think i think it's what we've been talking about is trying to find that that balance of of really trying to that biblical love and care for the people around you yeah i i just think it's it's so important to teach kids to think of 
other people mm-hmm. and put them, help them think through, you know, put them in uh, their, the other shoes, you know, and Jesus, you know, he says, uh, do unto others as you would have them do to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how, how awesome is the teaching of the Lord mm-hmm. of the universe? He says something that adults still need to figure out, right? but it's so applicable to children, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I think we just keep teaching that. Yeah. I also think we need to teach the attitude of acceptance Yeah. Uh, at this age. They'll start to really pick up on differences between them and other people, physical differences, uh, mm, yeah. social, emotional, mental differences. And we've got to teach them that, that th- this comes from the foundation, a biblical foundation that, that God created everyone and yeah. that they're all created in God's image and he loves every one of us and he created us with purpose and intent. And so you may not understand everyone and you may not agree with that personality or you may not jive with uh, that person, but God still loves them and you need to try to do the best you can to love them as well. Something you said just made me think of it. There's there's a couple of kids books that I've seen and this might be for a little bit younger than this age range, but I think it could still apply. There's one book called Image Bearer and in that book it goes through and and talks about uh, kids with special needs and disabilities That's good. and how they are image bearers of, mm-hmm. of the Lord. And it's a really encouraging book. Another book that a friend of mine wrote, uh, Kara Rogers, uh, she wrote this book. Uh, her son has uh, ep- epilepsy, mm-hmm. and uh, she wrote this book to help uh, other kids know really kind of what to do when you have a classmate. Uh, who has epilepsy? Mm. What to expect? Because it can be scary, mm-hmm. and uh, and and so she wrote this awesome book about that, and uh, people are reading it, and I think it's really helpful for people to understand that just because somebody's different from you doesn't mean they can't be your friend. Right. Um, in fact, they might they might be able to be an awesome, amazing mm-hmm. friend and bring a lot of life experience to you. Yep. So I think that's really good. It starts very early on. Yeah. With with um, accepting and loving all people, yeah. and this goes to just just uh, attitude this goes to just so so much of the problems in our society are about the differences that that we see and the differences that we face and we need to teach them that that God loves everyone now right. now that doesn't mean we're accepting of sinful behaviors exactly uh, you know I don't that, that's that's not the point of this but that at the core of of who a person is and how God created them we right. need to love them and, and accept them that's exactly right but, yeah um there's there's another aspect before we go on to the teenagers because it's very important as you start moving into the teenage mm-hmm. age is this idea that that friendship is not supposed to be about mm-hmm. politics mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is like the popularity game. Because I think they start to play this game. Yeah, it starts early. Yeah, this is this is a this is a really bad problem because especially um, with and I don't know I don't necessarily what it is, but a kid may be more skilled uh, at sports, yeah. or a kid may have have uh, parents that are well off and wear nicer clothes, have nicer things. But for whatever reason, at this age, uh, we start to see the the lines of delineation start to form, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's like this kid is popular and this kid is not, this yeah. kid's a, a cool kid. This kid's a loser, you know, and it's really kind of sad that we start to see this in grade school. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just, I just breaks my heart that we're, we're beginning that so early and then kids will start to bully or put down other kids because that's what you do when, you know, popularity is, is, 
so very dangerous to our our children. And and if you're a parent, you need to encourage, you know, your kid may naturally sort of be popular. They may have a person that they may have to have that sort of gregarious yeah. personality, charismatic. Yeah, magnetic. People may right. be drawn to them. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Right. That's how God created them. You need to teach them, though, to love people and to not use that to put others down, but use that to pull other people up. You know, I love when I see a story about, uh, you know, there was a recent uh, story about the the, the prom king inviting a girl with Down syndrome to prom with him. Do you know what I'm saying? And and trying to lift her up so that people see her as, as the individual that created in God's image yeah. that she is. And I love yeah. that. I love those kind of stories. I, I fully, I, I agree. Yeah, we're not saying popularity is bad. We're saying playing the game is bad because then because then what you're doing is you're making your friendships all about pro, um, benefiting you. Right. Um, which is just antithetical to Christianity. And you see that in politics itself. I mean, that's why I say it's not political. Friendship is not political. Because in politics, it's, you know, like what I'm just, you know, a lot of it comes down to saying what you got to say to get what you want. Right. Well, That's like with kids, it's is. like if, if you don't agree with my rules, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or this is, the, this is the funny one that was so stupid when I was a kid. It was like, you're not invited to my birthday party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like, mm-hmm. how is the birthday party this, like, uh, cultural, like like pinnacle of the childhood, you know, like I'm going to have some awesome birthday party, you know, Mm -hmm. it's usually like the McDonald's birthday. You're not going to my McDonald's birthday party. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember, I remember all of that stuff. I remember getting mad at friends and, and they would, we would yell back and forth at each other. Like the things that we were friends with more than the other person. Yeah. Like like I'm friends with food more than I'm friends with you. (laughs) My dad can beat up your dad. All that stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's a little off, but, but it all comes together where we use these things against each other to uh, to get what we want, right? And uh, and that's what we're trying to teach. Teaching our, our children not to be selfish, but yeah. to be selfless. That's and right. That's, that's a hard thing to do. But yeah, it gets yeah. even harder as we move to teenage years. Really? You know? Yeah. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this is bit. where this is where you know t- teenage years can be some of the hardest years to navigate as friends, you know, and I, and we've been on both sides of this. Yeah. You know, we've had to talk to our kids because we don't want them to exclude others or maybe they have been excluded and had their feelings hurt. Mm. And so this is hard. It's hard for parents to watch this. Um, I would, I would encourage parents don't, don't immediately always jump in to every situation, you know, in the middle of it, you know, right. talk to your kids Encourage them, help them, but don't just immediately jump into every to fix every situation. You've yeah. got to let them in the teenage years sort of fix things because you, as a parent, if you helicopter them in this area, you can do more harm than good. Yeah, and there, there, there might be a time where you have to jump in. You're not saying you, you you're not saying that. And we've had to, we both have had to help parents navigate things with with students with you know teenagers before. Um, so there could be a time where you have to jump in, but that should be after right. you've been having conversations with your your teenager and helping them do their best to to solve the problem. Um, yeah, it gets really hard in this time because leading up to now, um, and it started you know maybe a little bit before, but especially in the teenage years, uh, kids go from I'm friends with everyone to this person is mean to me and therefore 
we are enemies, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to teach them the difference between being being friends with somebody and loving somebody that you aren't friends with. Mm-hmm. This is where you really have to help them understand, like, it's okay not to be best friends with somebody, mm-hmm. but it's not okay to not love them, especially as a, as a Christian, you know, because we are called to love. And I think, you know, the, the one thing that I hear the most, especially as a youth pastor, is this idea of click. You know, people talk about clicks a lot. And and there's a there's a good reason for that. Clicks can clicks are and and So people don't know what we're talking about. A click would be Oh yeah, thank you. A group of people that are exclusionary yes. of other people. So right. they, they're a tight knit group of friends and they don't allow others to be in that friend group. Exactly. And this is kind of common for, I mean, you see it in movies, right? Any movie about high school, it's like you got this group over here and you can't get in, into that group and that mm-hmm. group over here. And, and so those are cliques. And you see it in any place you find teenagers. Um, and it is. It's really, it can be a really damaging thing. Um, you know, gangs. You can see teenage gangs. I mean, all of it comes flows together. But I want to encourage parents. There's a difference between a clique and a close group of friends. Mm-hmm. A lot of times what I see is parents or even students thinking that because a clique is bad, you should not have close groups of friends. You should just literally be friends with everybody. And while I agree, you should be friendly with everybody, It's we've been saying this, it's, it's, it's impossible mm-hmm. to be like best friends with everyone. Mm-hmm. So what we're having to help our kids, our students understand is you need to be able to have close groups of friends without becoming um, exclusionary, right? Mm-hmm. Without becoming so, uh, without becoming a clique. Right. And that that can be a difficult, that can be, that, that's hard for everyone. Mm-hmm. But that's that's why we have to have a lot of conversations about that. Um, do you have any opinions on the, the ways to keep kids from forming cliques, but also maintaining close groups of friends? Well, I think as, as ministers, you know, as a youth pastor, former youth pastor, I especially tried to get kids to have groups of friends that they could get plugged in with. So if you had a, a kid that was not plugged into one of these friend groups, trying to get them plugged in and having people, there's always uh, kids in the youth group that are sort of very like welcoming and open. They're almost like ambassadors for the youth group, you know? And so I would get them, Hey, would you get so-and-so involved? And that person may not stick with that person. They may end up with another close friend or group of friends, but at least there's that idea of welcoming them into the group, the general group, you know, and seeking to have, uh, and, and this is specific for youth groups, but seeking to have sort of unifying events and ideas yes, yes. and uh, seeking to really teach on the idea that we are part of the larger body mm-hmm. because I think a lot of youth groups miss out on that, you know, and I know we, yes. we press into that in our youth group a lot, but hey, you're a part of this larger body of the church. Yeah. So you're one segment of this body. Right. You know, and so don't, don't get so, uh, high on your horse thinking that you're, you're it, you know, that you're, you're the stuff right now because, uh, you're going to graduate and you're not going to know where you fit, but you do fit in this community of believers. I, I, I really think about these things, the, the church as a whole, the, the, the close friend groups within the youth group. I, I kind of visualize them almost like literal circles. Okay. So if I were to diagram this on a board, 
I would put circles. Kind of like a Venn diagram. And I would make them like Venn diagrams. Exactly. Where my goal, especially as a youth pastor and leading people, my goal is to make sure all the circles overlap somewhere. Sure. Not that they're... Not that they're, you know, necessarily like they don't have to be concentric. They don't have to be inside of each other, Mm -hmm. but they do have to be overlapping. And what I mean by that is I want to make sure that there's somebody. So there's like if I let's pretend there's five close groups of friends. I want to make sure that somebody from each of of those close groups belongs to one of the other close sure. groups of friends mm-hmm. and at least one i, I would love for connecting more. people yeah. and there has so there has mm-hmm. to be connections between these groups of friends so that there is uh, unity mm-hmm. um that's what happens and so as parents what we can do is we can help our teenagers be that person right be that person that connects the the circles that 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 brings those those venn diagram mm-hmm. that brings them together yeah they're the ones that overlap um, and if we can help our students realize that they need, here's another practical example. Um, I'm kind of on a soapbox. I'm sorry, but I, I think it's helpful. We have to teach our students when they're standing in a circle of friends mm-hmm. and there's somebody off to the side, you have to literally position your body mm-hmm. and open the circle. Mm-hmm. You just open your, your circle up and position your body to where you're facing that, that other person just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that so that they can come in, mm-hmm. and if you, and if you're not doing that, you might be a click. Mm-hmm. And so those are some of the conversations I think yeah. we need to have with our students. Well, that's in that's a lot of that is um, in the realm of church and youth group. Let's talk about what it means to be uh, friends as we go into the world, because lots of mm-hmm. our kids in our they youth are group in the world, and yeah. yeah they're they're out in the school and and on ball teams and stuff. And I think it's important that we are friendly. And, and seek to be friends with everyone. We need friends, though, that are going to encourage us in our faith and not pull us away from our faith. And so choosing our friends is very important because your friends will influence you and you'll influence them. Yeah. And if you're not careful, I've seen this so many times, uh, teenagers will have a group of friends that influences them in, in a negative way and pull them away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. I've seen it the the other way where they have friends uh, that will encourage them. And I think part of it is just helping your kids understand, like, there's a conscious decision here that, you, that you're making. Yeah, the, we were talking about this in our uh, production meeting, and, and, and you were bringing this up, and I thought it was really insightful, so thank you. Um, but it, it, it was really cool because the way you just said that, like you make a conscious de- decision about who influences you. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like you you almost get to, and, and you know, I'm, I obviously think within the realms of God's sovereignty and all of this other stuff, but, but you get to choose right. who sets your trajectory. You kind of get to help influence who you're becoming simply by choosing who your friends are. Mm-hmm. And if you're not thinking about that, you don't recognize that who you're choosing to be your friend actually helps make you who you want to be, mm-hmm. um, then you can you can choose people that, that influence you to be somebody you never, never wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Somebody, and, and it's amazing. And I think the thing that, that's so important is not to choose friends based on how they make you feel immediately. You know, because there could be somebody who tells funny jokes 
<laughs> but they're terrible jokes, right? And and there are kids who are like, man, he's so funny, and so they hang out with them without considering what the what the actual content is, what the influence actually is. And so we have to make those, we have to help our students understand and see that you're choosing people who are actually changing you. Yeah, it's tough to navigate. You know, and parents, please make sure that your own, um, your own, what's the right word for this? Make sure your, your own confidence and your own security and significance is found in the Lord. Mm. There's a lot that, you know, parents try to relive through their children, and this can play out in their friends as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the friendships that you want them to have or that you you want them to um, try to be popular or you want them to yeah. do all these types of things. And I think we need to be really careful about that because what we think we want, uh, if we want them to live in this sort of like worldly acceptance or worldly world, we're going to get something that we don't really even expect or know because yeah. that will take them further than than we even know yeah you know and so so we need to be really careful about that don't don't push it too much into your kids to say hey you need to you need to have the right friends you need to have the right and by that i'm meaning like the popular friends or you need to do this don't try to live vicariously through your child encourage them to find friends that will lift them up and draw them close to the Lord. And so find your significance first in the Lord, not in your children or in those relationships, but then, uh, you know, help your children to, to think that same way. I think, I think that's really good. And as you were saying that, I was just thinking like, if we're not careful, we as adults, as parents and, and, and our children, we will get what we ask for. But we're not going to get what we really, truly want, right? Or so need. We'll, or need, yeah. And so we'll be getting what we ask for, and it'll end up being uh, self-destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a really important conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think, you know, hopefully that as you've been listening, you can think through wherever your kids are. Maybe you have teenagers and little kids. I don't know where our listeners are all at. But one of the things that I think is kind of the theme throughout all of this is – teaching ourselves, teaching our kids to have compassion mm-hmm. toward others. That's good. Right? Yeah. And so we have to, that's that's really the goal is is where are you at? Where are your kids at? And how how can we consider others before we consider ourselves? Yeah. Right? Anything you want to add to that? No, I think that's great. I think, uh, I think like what we talked about in our friendship series that, you know, love is sort of that thing that we're projecting out, that selfless Christ-like love. That's going to give us the type of friends that that we need and that God will bring those people around us and around our children to to lift them up. That should be our goal. Yeah, well, may it be our goal and may we uh, do this well. And so if you, uh, listener, have any uh, prayer requests or any suggestions or any comments, please uh, email those to us at f4l at oakhillbc.org. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for uh, listening. We appreciate you guys listening. Absolutely. So, well, thanks. And we'll We'll see see you next time. This morning, because that was the only time I had to do it. Um, 
I got a definition from Encyclopedia Britannica. What? We're so lame. We're doing the diction. I did it last week too. We're doing the dictionary definition. Well, I think it's good to be like, here's what the dictionary says. Here's what the dictionary. But let's misspell encyclopedia. No, I didn't. No, no, I didn't. I fixed it. No, that no, no that. So when you look it up, it actually the British way of doing it is with an A. Whatever. I know. This is America. (laughs) Encyclopedia. Encyclopedia Britannica. 